Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we talk to sexy people about sexy things in an effort to make the world a sexier, more loving place. And our guest today, I am so fucking excited to introduce to you. She is the host of the Slutrepreneur podcast, author of Slutrepreneur Secrets, owner of the hornystoner.com sex shop. She's a top 5% OnlyFans model and has gone viral for her weird things I sell on the internet series with the hashtag gaining over 84 million views. Welcome, the professional goddess, Anna D. Hi. Hi, I'm so excited to have you here. Can you start off by just giving our listeners who maybe don't know you a little overview of your work? How are you making the world a sexier, more loving place? And what is your professional origin story? So I'm a slut and I like to make money. So uh, yes, that kind of encompasses everything. But on paper, I am an entrepreneur and I have quite a few Shopify stores. I've been in online e-commerce since I was 17. I was literally slinging stuff on eBay 
with my mom's credit card information for, you know, back in high school. So I learned the internet very quickly. I was on Etsy, um, all those things before I started my own brand. And I am the queen of the rebrand. My Mm -hmm. store has rebranded like 10 times until it became Alien Outfitters, which was a million dollar company by the time Mm -hmm. I was 21. And it was crazy because I was the only store selling uh, dildos, knives, pipes, and clothing. I was like a one-stop stripper shop. I just sold everything Amazing. I collected and loved because everyone would be like, where'd you get that? And I'd be like, okay, let me list it on my weird web store. And then as the internet grew and changed, I adapted and came to terms that the internet wasn't an 18 and up friendly place in the e-commerce yeah. space. So I couldn't really post ads. I couldn't use PayPal and my competitors were beating me and I just, I had to like separate shit. So now I have three little online stores, which is the crazy because I'm like, I'm the CEO. I'm the founder of alienoutfitters.com, bladesforbabes.com and thehornystoner.com. So that's what I do like 75% of the time. But while this was all going on when I was, you know, 18, kind of getting started, I was also a stripper on the side and I was learning so much about business by being a stripper without even knowing it at the time. So I started making more money at home with my web stores versus stripping. So I was like, it would just be silly to like be living that stripper lifestyle, like sleeping all day. So I started webcamming at home, but like, I didn't share this with people. This was a period of my life where I was like, fucking ashamed of it. And at the same time, it was like fueling my business. It was helping me live like a fun lifestyle. So I had like the best of both worlds. I was like a little undercover hoe. And then it wasn't until probably three years ago when I was 27-ish that I finally got on TikTok, had the courage to like create a new alias, Rebecca Blue, and kind of out myself because I was like, you know what? Someone's going to put this on the internet one day, what I did. It's already been leaked, and I just want to own it and have it like control over the narrative. So Rebecca Blue was born. She started talking about weird things I sell on the internet, like my fucking used panties, Q-tips, and toenails, and like you said, 84 million views on the hashtag. It inspired the community to kind of normalize the panty selling world a little bit more. And I wrote a book about it. Now I have the podcast. Like TikTok was such a huge gift to get in front of people. So now I'm like a proud, proud sex worker, community activist, still running my shops, just have like my little cute, sexy empire. And I do a little bit of everything like eggs and hella baskets. So (laughs) she's a professional goddess. (laughs) That is fucking amazing and thank you for that like awesome awesome little story overview so can you pinpoint it sounds like maybe somewhere in there around tiktok when did you start to like really own yeah i'm a sex worker or did it come in phases like you're like well i'm a stripper sex worker like did it was there an evolution there for you that's a good question i think my path has just been like a series of events that i didn't even really consciously choose you know it's just things present to you and you either bite it and chew or not. And it was probably when OnlyFans became very normalized. I was on OnlyFans for maybe half a year to a year before I even told anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I was in the 1% before I even like said it on TikTok for the first time. And then when I did on TikTok, I had like 10,000 subscribers after that. And it was fucking over. Wow. <laughs> it was like, she's got to hire an assistant now. So many dicks to rate. Yeah, so when OnlyFans came about, I mean, this was definitely, I'd say 
the past two years have been very like I'm a fucking sex worker. It's in your face now. I'm owning it. And now my following isn't just men. Like there's a ton of women and non-binary people who like look up to me. And it's, I don't know, being an example and a creator and like so much responsibility. I'm trying my best. I love that. Oh, you're doing fucking great. And just so my listeners know, I think I stumbled onto you like right before your first TikTok takedown? I don't know if it was your first, but like, I remember it was like a big deal. And I saw, like, I found you on YouTube or maybe I found you through Dalma, the panty seller. I can't remember. Um, but I, but I remember like going down the panty selling rabbit hole with you just research wise, which is something I still have always had on my bucket list, but I'm just now tiptoeing all the way towards. So can you give us now a little overview of like what a day or a week or a month is like, whatever feels the most normal for you to try to explain, like, how do you spend and use your time? Well, it's interesting you said about before the takedown because Rebecca Blue, my OG TikTok, has been banned and reactivated twice. It has over a million followers, but I can't get a single view anymore. And that's, I mean, if you're a sex worker listening, that's just the name of the game. You are censored. So now I have multiple TikTok accounts and I encourage sex worker creators to utilize TikTok, but do not get discouraged when they ban you. Just assume they will start over. It's free advertising. So enjoy it while we have it um, or move over to Reddit, which I've been doing lately. So Rebecca Blue is a little dried out and G rated. So the professional goddess (laughs) TikTok is much more like, here we go. We're putting some shit on here that could ban my account every day. Um, So selling dirty socks and panties and then all the extra weird things from head to toe, like there's a laundry list of things on my menu And when someone comes in my DMs, my emails, whatever it might be, I think of it kind of like a car dealership. Like, I don't just give them prices. I'm like, you know, what make and model do you want? Like, what color seats do you want? Like, it's a completely custom experience. So someone might buy my bag of trash for 100 bucks, but someone might buy, like, only feminine hygiene products in my trash with lollipops and toenails on the inside. Like, it's completely custom. So Every day is finding that needle in the haystack customer, whether it's people finding me on OnlyFans or it's me utilizing auction websites and panty storefront websites. There's so many, and that's a whole task in itself, like filtering through those. But messaging and getting to the sale is 99% of the work. The rest of it is fucking cheesecake. It's great. So like day in the life, like a normal, it's probably a week by week basis because I sell a few pair of panties in a week and then I'll have like a weird sale. And then some weeks are just completely dry, but the communication, the marketing, the relationship building, the getting in touch with past customers and trying to upsell them again, that's where the grit of the work is. And that's why so many girls quit so early on because they'll go two Mm -hmm. months without a sale and they're like, it's not working for me. And I'm like, I've been in the game for 12 years and I still go weeks sometimes without a sale. That's why I don't commit everything to fucking selling socks. Like that's why I have an OnlyFans and, you know, virtual web stores and I'm on Depop and I am an Amazon affiliate and get YouTube monetization. Like you have to do a little bit of everything because it all fucking adds up. Fuck yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about like what your OnlyFans is like? If if someone listening was like, I want to go check it out, what would they find there? Well, when I first started, 
I kept my cam experience in mind and it was very like generic, like tits, ass, puss, like toy play. But it did take me a while to work up to really releasing like heavy masturbation, like spread eagle videos to the public because now I'm like people from high school who follow me on Instagram now know that I have an OnlyFans. It's not just the cam community and that website that knows that I do it. Like it was a really weird transition. And I just knew if I went all in that it would affect my income immensely. So we're talking like a $2,000 a month versus $10,000 a month. And after I like, you know, you dip your toes in the water and it's fucking cold and you're scared and you pull back. But if you just cannonball in the water, eventually (laughs) like, straightens out. And I, I think my purpose, my intuition, my passion to really inspire other women towards financial freedom, that was greater than me being like anxious about a guy I sat next to and Kim, like seeing my pussy lips. So you get like, once you own it, it's, it's fine, but it's definitely like one of the taller hurdles to jump over. So on my account, you'll see, you know, nudity, masturbation videos. There's a lot of kink stuff, like completely random, like J-O-I, like humiliation. I I did like a tickling fetish video this morning, like just kind of random weird stuff, but it's, you know, it's what people request. I don't, oh, oh my God, what am I thinking? Of course, I have a huge amount of people who follow me for my burps. So I have a lot of burping content. What? Okay. I actually didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Cool. So belching is totally a thing. Guys, like, it's so specific. Some people want you rubbing your belly. Some people want you drinking a certain soda before. Some people want no soda, no eating. Completely, you know, there's so many different categories of it, but I've always been able to belch really good. And I guess I did it in my normal content. So people would get my DMs like, hey, can I pay you to send me a quick burp? And then it just like snowballed from there. So I've took, sorry, guys, forgot to mention. Love it. <laughs> the burping thing goes crazy. I've sold burps in a bag. It's exciting. It's That stuff's easier for me to do than like a one-on-one masturbation video. I'd rather just burp in the camera. It's okay. much easier. Um, this tickling video, is it like, are you making mostly solo content or is that partnered? Like, how does that work? Do you do collab? That's a, that's a great question. It's mostly solo. I am open to collaborating with females, but I live in a small town in North Carolina. So everyone who reaches out to me, they're in LA or Vegas, but girlfriends and I have taken like pictures together. So some of that's on my OnlyFans, but in my real life, I am, I guess, pansexual. Like it doesn't matter what gender you are. If you're if I'm attracted to you, I'm attracted to you. So in real life, like I love everything. <laughs> like I'll Same. try anything once. Same. So I know I'll get to some girl, girl content. I probably would only post girl, girl. I don't, I'm not ready to do like dick and badge like forever. That's just not me. I guess I want to leave some things where my personal life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Can you tell us now what are some of the reactions that you have gotten over the years when people learn about what you do, whether they're in your actual personal life or internet stranger humans? So I'm a firm believer in unconditional love because I didn't get it as a child. So now in my adult stage in life, if someone like if I give them the ick, I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. Like you do not deserve my love. Like I am a one of a kind 
special human being, if you were in my life, your life will get better. It will. Mm. So like, Mm -hmm. if I give you the ick, then, you know, go find your fucking fantasy somewhere else. But family members don't want to know the nitty gritty of this stuff. Like they get a picture of it. A few family members I've interviewed on my podcast and kind of told them a little bit more and they support me and love me and they understand if they don't unconditionally love me, they will not be in my life. Like this happened when I started getting tattoos when I was 17, they had a problem with it. And I was like, look, if you don't accept me, you're gone. Like I will create my own family. (laughs) We're not doing this again. Um, so I love when like having tattoos, being a sex worker, you burn bridges with people you don't even want to know anyways. So the people who are in my life, they are my ride or fucking dies, but they know that I talk about my work all day on, you know, I'm doing content all the time. So they know when it's our time that I don't even want to talk about that stuff. They just want to see me smile because I'm a silly, goofy girl who likes to play in the woods. And I want to do everything but sex work and entertaining other people in my real life. So if you love me, you just want to see like me be silly, goofy girl. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that answer so much. Tell us now where, more broadly speaking, would you like to see your work lead? I think at the end of the day, if you are really rooting for this community and you have a voice and a platform, it's really important that you stand for sex worker rights and activism. So I think long-term goal would be political change because if we can't thrive virtually or physically, like these are jobs that are being lost. These are families that can't be fed. So I think the people who are one percenters should really be sticking together and getting the general public normalized as to what we do as a real job and create change that way. I think that is, would be the most important thing to do. And it it just, it's still discouraging every day. It's an uphill battle, even just women's rights in general. So I get really frustrated some days, but that would be the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm curious to know, like, for you personally, like, what's most gratifying about your work or, like, where would you like to see your work personally grow? This has been such a mindfuck for me lately because, honestly, like, is success money or is success free time? Great you know, question. and for me, after grinding so hard every day for the last decade, I'm like, what do I want the next decade to look like? And... I'm so proud of myself that I have never had an investor. This is all my own money as much as people are like, oh, she has it on easy mode. Like, no, there's no degree to fall back on, sweetie. (laughs) Like, she's got neck and hand tattoos. We're Xing out a lot of opportunities. So for me, you know, I have, I rescue dogs. I live on a farm and I've come to terms that I really crave like nothingness. Like I'm Mm -hmm. so absorbent so much all day that I need to, there's a word for it. It's like when you go into a float tank, like sensory deprivation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I crave like peace, like meditation, all that shit. So for me on a personal level, I would eventually, I mean, it's going to happen. I'll sell my business to another beautiful, amazing sex worker I will have my funds in retirement or other scaling business opportunities, but I want to fucking relax. I want to thrift shop around the world. I want to help animals. I want to open a rescue. Like that's where my heart 
is 100% because you get tired of the internet. The comments, the everything, it just becomes too much. And sometimes you just want to be like, I want to leave the internet forever. Some For days, sure. You know? For sure. I do. I, I come and go and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm still here. But also, you know, getting comments where I'm like, I'm a little autistic. I don't know how to respond to you. I don't know what the social meaning of that is. Do you respond to people? Like, how do you filter? It's just, it's so not healthy. I like hammered this in my brain. When people comment on the internet, it is 100% projection. Yeah. Happy people don't hate. Haters aren't happy. So if I'm commenting on your page, I'm like, yes, queen, go, bitch, go, bitch, go. Like, that means I'm happy. I'm a happy person. I'm commenting happy things. But if I were to comment on your page and be like, ooh, look, why is your hair like that? And why, why are you wearing that? Like, I'm projecting this oppression that I've learned from the generations above me. And I have a lot of healing to do. So it's easy for me to compartmentalize when people comment. I have to pity them and feel sorry for them mm-hmm. because I'm such an empath. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, look. They aren't healed. You know, they got a lot of work on and I'm just their punching bag. So be it. I'm strong enough. I hope it's me instead of the next girl next to me who might want to kill herself because of that. So in that same time, you don't want to turn off comments because that's engagement too. But I think the sensory overload for me, I mean, I've had to, I mean, I'm trying to, I've been completely sober. We'll be honest for three days because I'm so snappy at people in my personal life. Cause when I shut off off the computer, they want to engage with me and I have nothing left to give mm. at all. Cause I'm just giving it all away to everyone else. So yeah. in order for the brand to survive, like she's got to, she's got to sober up and heal and really understand what she wants and where this whole fucking ship is going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally feel that. I totally feel that. So on that note, tell us now, what do you consider the sexiest and least sexy parts of your work? Mm, The sexiest part of my job. I think there is something I connect with too, like on an inner child level, when I put my makeup on, get in my sex work character and really even though I'm making content for other people, there's a lot that's going on for myself. And I think when your friend circle shrinks and you're really not like going to raves or like college parties and stuff, like you totally miss out on like buying heels and then you never wear them. Like it sucks, you know? So there's something so sexy about being able to like dress up and like put on this costume that's my absolute favorite because even as a little kid I like six years old I had a purple bucket in my backyard I would dress up like Britney Spears and get up on this bucket and dance and sing all the time and my mom was like that was your passion like if you had a hobby that was it It was dressing up and being something else and like being the star and to me that's where like my inner sexy really shines and in the sex work And the hardest part is definitely when you have a custom to do or a one-on-one like Skype show or FaceTime and you have just finished crying and having suicidal thoughts and you have to turn the switch on and act like this guy's cock is everything you've hoped and dreamed for. And Mm. inside you are just dying. That is the hardest fucking part. Wow. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra. 
but insurable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. In that vein, have you encountered any, like, silly shame-related experiences or, like, things that have, I don't know, entered your path because of shame that you're like, oh, holy fuck, what the fuck? Like, how has shame, like, what have you noticed about shame during the time that you've done sex-related work? I think when I'm on live, like, TikTok live, um, it's mostly TikTok live, people get really, really intense there they'll start saying is your dad proud you know you'll never please a man you know what all, all these weird like crazy You're like <laughs> um yes i have i'm like i'm my own daddy i am yeah. my own rich man <laughs> sir <laughs> and i'm over here like having to like explain myself i'm like why am i even explaining myself and it mm. just it gets so intense and then i get so worked up and then i get off live and i'm like what the fuck why and then people are like, don't let it bother you. And I'm like, do you want me to not have feelings and be like numb? Like, that's right. not okay either. You know, there's different people say I look like a man all the time. And I get it. I give off like masculinity, maybe like I have a strong yeah. nose and jawline, whatever. But they say it in like a, in a mean way. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> people like... tell me I'm like a man too. No, lesbians don't hit on me. I look very feminine. But people are like, you're more like a man than me. And I'm like, Okay, but I think the the two things that I am really proud to say of when it comes to like the belching side of my sex work and the flexing like workout stuff. So I was totally bullied in middle school, high school for my arms. Like I have huge like little like I'm five feet tall, but I have these like little biceps. Excuse me, big biceps that yeah. my mother gave me, and I don't work them out or anything. So I'd always cover my arms. Like I remember we did an arm wrestling challenge in third grade and I beat the whole grade. It was, wow. and I, they never let me forget it. So now when I get paid to do customs, like flexing and crushing things, it's like an ownership over that shame as well as the burping. Like obviously it's something I wouldn't do in front of strangers and in public necessarily, but cause yeah, I know yeah. I'd get shame for it, but I also Take, don't masturbate in public. Exactly. In front of strangers. <laughs> <laughs> so owning that has been a flip flop of the shame spectrum. So when I am mentoring or teaching, I'm like, if you have a weird thing about you, especially the things you got bullied for, like you can capitalize on it and niche it out if you yeah. desire. Fuck yeah. 
Do you feel comfy sharing with us how your sex-related work has influenced or informed your own sex life? Yeah, honestly, I didn't even orgasm for the first time until a webcam client sent me a Hitachi off of my wish list. Whoa, wait, do you mean at all? At all ever? So okay, so we're the, we're I'm 18 years old, right? I've had sex a handful of times with men and women, uh, but I never. I, I thought I was coming because of the heightened part of sex where it feels just good. But the second I put that Hitachi on my clit and within 10 seconds I had this outer body experience that I thought I was actually dying. It was so intense. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's what an orgasm feels like. So then I was then I was doing it like 20 million times a day. That's amazing. I mean, that's wild. Wow. So ab- absolutely. Like even being on webcam and doing shows and, and I remember like I had never done anal, you know, and this guy was like, if you squat and have it underneath you and slowly go down, like it'll just get right in you and lo and behold, it did. So like these, some of these guys were actually kind of training me to find my own sexuality, especially in the cam world. And you know, like I never thought to pinch my nipples while I masturbated and then I, mm. someone suggests it and then I'm like, oh, that that made it happen a lot quicker. <laughs> so cool. that's been been exciting when you have shows that you're like, oh, wow, I've, I just had a, a little, you know, heightened experience and I learned from it. So that and then doing shows and if I'm ha- if I have a partner at the time, like it's almost like I'm getting fluffed up before I have sex with them. So that's always fun to have like the costume on, do a show, get a little foreplay, and then go just fucking ham on them. Oh, afterwards. that's amazing! That's so amazing. You kind of alluded the- to this a little bit earlier, but could you share more? Or do you feel like sharing more about what your work life and personal life boundaries kind of look like? I have a partner of almost 12 years and he's, you can hear him on my podcast, but I don't show his face online. And when we met, it was just a decision we made. He was like, look, you have a brand, like people will subscribe to you more if you appear like single in a way, like if you appear attainable. And I was like, okay. And like, part of me wanted to show off, but then it became this like, oh, her mystery man. And it was fun to maybe like show pictures of his hands or, you know, of us eating dinner together, but never him. And A, it adds this mystery quality that people kind of latch onto. Yeah. And B, it saves me one thing to have for myself because yeah. I give everything away. So it's so nice to be like, Oh, I have something that's sacred in mine. And if you think about it, every single couple that like does couple content or whatever, like either they break up and then they have to explain all this stuff. It's messy. People start writing a narrative for them. And I didn't want anyone to have control over my business. So best decision I ever made. Highly recommend 10 out of 10. Love that so much. Really, really approve. I like Sex stories started when I had a partner that I was, like, so inspired by. I just wanted to talk about sex more and more and more. And, um, yeah, when we broke up, I was like, oh, God, I'm so glad that he was kind of in the back. You know, he's just a character. Um, So I really feel that. Tell us, what is the, like, communication in your workplace like? Like, it sounds like you work with other people. So I'm not – I don't mean, like, doing custom stuff for fans. I mean, like, business side of you. 
when you have to talk about sexy stuff, what's that like? So I have the best assistant in the world. Her name's Paige, and she is like a clone of me. And I love that she really followed me before we started working together because she got to learn who I was through my content and really become engaged with me. And when it came time where she had to step in and essentially be me, it was a lot easier for her. I didn't have, I just don't have to train her. She knows how I respond. She knows what I'd say. She knows what opportunities I do or don't want to take. So having another set of hands was the best decision I could ever do. And we are so open with each other. It's it's just hard not to be friends when someone's seen the inside of your butthole. It's just <laughs> like, totally. you know what I mean? And um, I do. it's a great, gosh, she drove like, I think she was going on vacation somewhere and she ended up driving two states out the way just to come visit me and see me face to face. And, you know, she has a, a child and I love her child as if she's mine. She's an ex-sex worker. I actually found her on the sex work Rolodex. It's mm-hmm. like sex work friendly contractors for sex workers. So when I reached out to her, she was like, oh, my God, I follow you. And ever since then, it's freed up my time to make more content and do more things. And yeah. in the sex work world, you have OnlyFans, you have Fansly, you have ManyVids, you have Snapchat, you have TikTok, you have Reddit, you have Twitter, you have emails, you have uh, – I'm probably mm-hmm. missing like 10 or 20. And every single fucking day, she is scheduling shit. She is commenting back. She is forwarding people. It is insane. I mean, she helps me with customer service for like my book sales and my website and the list goes on and on. And I've done all of that in other, in like in all my businesses for so long that I just got to a point where I kind of burnt out. So to be with someone who still has that energy to go, go, go all day, like no days off. I'm like, please take a break. Like, please. That's her only problem is she won't take fucking break. So anyways, the communication is absolutely sexy and amazing, and I'm so grateful. It is so hard to find good people to work with. And for my square businesses, I had to let go of everybody last year, and it's just better, smaller, and more containable. So I, you you learn as you go. You learn every time you hire and fire and – Uh, But Paige is one to to stay forever, like family, friend, whatever happens, I'm taking her with me. Fuck yeah. Oh, I love that you have that. Thank God. Seriously, I don't know what the alternative would be. I know. Well, also, I'm thinking about Kimberly and I have started doing like work retreats at the spa because we both need to practice like relaxing a little bit. So like, I really feel that. Yeah, I love doing pedicures and check emails. That is like my really? favorite thing. Yeah, because I have to force it on me too. Yeah, that's, I mean, oh, that's like actually, that's a great idea. I, I detest the physical experience of manicures and pedicures. Do you, do you find it enjoyable or is it like, I'm so sensitive on my fingers and really? toes. Really? Like well, can't, can't do hands, can do toes. I do my toes, but like. That's interesting. I I mean, I get a lot of requests from my feet guys. They'll Mm. cover my pedicures and they'll want to buy the nail polish and take the feet pads and all that stuff. So pedicures are almost 
bi-weekly at this point. But there's like one – there's a guy that works at my shop and he just goes in me – like knuckles my heels and it is like a spiritual experience for me. Like he gets some like Reiki on my feet done, I swear. So I I love it. I sit there and try to check emails. Sometimes I kind of black out. It feels so good. (laughs) But – Oh, I I love a foot rub. Mm. Okay, that's mm. amazing. That's amazing mm. and inspiring. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Tell us, broadening out a little bit, what have you learned about social and cultural norms through the work that you do that you found surprising? Like if an alien came to this planet and was like, Anna, do you tell us about like humans and sex and like, what's the deal with them? You know, honestly, I I feel like since I live in such a bubble, Mm -hmm. it can be difficult for me to be aware of like the grand scheme of it all. I think the first thing that comes in my mind is like with artificial intelligence and even in just the last week. I mean, I can't tell you. I was on Reddit, like, looking for subreddits to post in, and there was uh, AI porn. And I'm seeing porn stars' bodies with children AI faces. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, report, got this subreddit taken down. But just that alone, I was like, oh, my God. AI is going to is doing is going to do this. The people are going to abuse AI to do this and I was just like I hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So if an alien came down, I wouldn't even know where to start, man. Like it is I just I can't. I you know, like I check what's going on. Like I I hate that I go to Twitter for the news, but like I don't even know what to believe anymore. And it's it's exhausting with mm-hmm. Everything. It's exhausting and it, it works people up and it changes and hurts people's lives. And so I, I, some days I don't even have the capacity to like think about it, you know? Yeah, and sure. then <laughs> like 
the weather is so bad in our country, it's like killing people left and right too. I'm like scared a hurricane's gonna blow my house away. Damn, I don't. I I'm that. like, do I need a bunker? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Literally. Oh man, I really feel like, do that. Do we need to make I would a love sexy a bunker? bunker. <laughs> We do need to make a sexy bunker. I mean, the ultimate dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about in chats? Like, do you ever notice patterns about just the way people talk about sex or what? I mean, I know, obviously, again, I'm asking about the view from inside your bubble because we're all in our bubbles. But, you know, you're getting these specific requests for content, but also the way that people talk to online sex workers or versus, you know, you're, you're on the internet in these various capacities. Do you notice trends or differences or similarities? Yes. It's, there's, there's a few patterns. You get a lot of guys on OnlyFans who want to meet you in person and get really aggressive. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm in North Carolina too. Or, Oh, we have mutual friends. Like, why can't we meet? Why can't I take you out to dinner? Look, I'm hot. Look, I have a big dick. And I'm just like, <laughs> if they only knew, like I have a fucking ring on my finger, dude. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, stop. No meetups. Like, meetups is a banned term. And then I have, like, these guys who want to be my slaves who are like, goddess, let me serve you. Da, da, da. And I'm just like, tribute, tribute, send cash app, tribute. Like, I will not give you attention unless you tribute. And yeah. they just won't shut the fuck up. And I'm like, I know their dicks hard just from t- me talking to them. And I'm not getting a goddamn thing out of this. And mm. that pattern of frustration is always there. And just whenever you deny a guy of anything, all of a sudden they want to, you know, shame you. It's like, you know, you're not sexy enough or you're too sexy. I mean, everything we we know about yeah. being in a in a woman's body and it's it can be a lot. So there's there's those weird patterns that you have to go through, but not nothing that's nothing that's made me quit yet. Yeah, yeah. But on that note, what sex-related norms have you noticed that you'd like to shift? I mean, it sounds like we want guys to tribute. That's a given. <laughs> If they're expecting something, you know, there's an energetic exchange. But what would you shift if you could? It can be challenging depending on the type of sex work you do. Because if you are a submissive sex worker versus a dominant one. And I think for me, I've shifted into the dominant space because my character can be much more fulfilled telling guys what I need, what to do, et cetera. When I'm in the submissive space and they're kind of like being a little, you know, maybe in my personal life, that's okay. You know, spank Mm -hmm. me, daddy, love it. But like over the internet, I've learned that I've become um, not very receptive of it. Yeah. So I think depending on that kind of attitude as well, I think like being dominant, I love, how subs talk and respond to me. It's super respectful. It's super consensual. Um, So on the contrary, there's times where, you know, they're going over their Skype show and you're like, daddy, you need, you need to tip me more to keep this going. And then they get all mean and bossy because they want to be the dominant. And it's just like, like now I feel like I need to people please you. And like, I can't tell you how many submissive shows I've done where I've given too much or gotten too less because I'm, in that character of, of being people pleaser. So there's that. that. One thing that is kind of interesting, the other day I did a show and the guy couldn't come. And I didn't even know he was drinking until he told me, oh, I'm, I'm a little drunk. I'm sorry. And I was like, 
it's okay. You don't have to come. Like you can just sit there and let it feel good. And I really was like, oh my God, I, I need to like really encourage and tell this guy that this is totally normal and that it's okay. And I was like, okay, here's me kind of normalizing a norm that like guys always have to give this big show at the end with a countdown. So that was really cool to be a part of. And he felt so much better after it. I was like, how about I come instead? Like it was, it was really nice. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because that has been coming up a lot lately. Like I have dudes that are like, sometimes I can't come. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you and lots of people too, like, you know, and with a partner and in a new situation and, and if you're using a condom for the first time in forever, and if you're nervous and anything, I fucking love that. Tell us what you want to celebrate about your work the most right now. Like, what do you, what's feeling juicy or exciting? What should we celebrate about you? I know this sounds silly, but I feel like I've celebrated myself so much that I just want to celebrate everybody else. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You know, so I think even with my podcast, I've booked my next two months. They're all guests. They're all interviews because I want to take, I just want to take a break and celebrate other people. I think my sobriety is so important to me right now. I hit my little rock bottom, which I call my little trampoline because I'm going to propel forward. But as a sex worker who works from home, I don't think we talk about how easy it is to abuse substances when you are home, you do have access to things and to deal with stress and being more confident on camera, you know, having a little drink feels good. And Mm. Ever since I was 16, 17, I just haven't stopped. And I thought, oh, it would just be my early 20s. But now I'll be 30 this year. And I was just drinking a bottle of wine every single night for like two mm. years straight. That's not that's not sexy. You know, like health is wealth. And I did 14 days like sober, but I had like maybe one glass of wine and then one here at dinner because I wanted to just test myself. And I realized having one is no fun. I get angry if there's not more around. I only drink to get drunk. And that's ju- that's a problem. Mm. So I'm doing this like 75 hard challenge. I've seen it on TikTok, but apparently it's been around for a long time. But you work out twice a day. You drink a gallon of water every day. You read 10 pages of a book. You stick to one diet. And I'm like, if I can do that for 75 days with no alcohol, I can learn self-discipline. And just in two days, I've learned like, how can I even like, if I can't trust myself, like how can other people trust me? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to sell, I think if I'm going to celebrate anything, it's going to be my sobriety. And I'm not even going to say like, I'm trying to be sober. Like I am a sober person. I, yeah. I'm going to be that. I have to envision that outcome and become it. I'm not, this isn't just trying, this is fucking doing like she's about to level up and it's on game on amazing that's fucking awesome you should see my gallon of water right here i would love to also i'm like (laughs) i need a gallon of water bottle oh my god that's a great is that a jar well all my friends have the plastic ones with like you're doing great yeah yeah. i'm like no plastic we're doing (laughs) a a mason jar I fucking love that i drink out of jars i actually collect a fuck ton of jars and i'm yeah i love drinking out of them no, but drinking a gallon's hard. I was pissing all night. I was like, yeah. man, I could sell so much piss. I was if just going to say, maybe that'll affect your work in a great way. 
I totally agree. I think it's going to affect my energy. It's going to affect my productivity. Just already, like the fact that one of the workouts has to be done outside. I'm walking all my dogs in the morning for 45 minutes. They love me. And I looked at my partner yesterday and I was like, I forgot how pretty and good it feels outside. Like maybe that's why I'm so snippy and angry all the time is because like I'm in a fucking cardboard box when there's fucking glorious shit right out totally screens too the more that i like set down screens and social media and go outside the more i'm like how do i go back to it i know okay i need to do instagram and tiktok okay okay you know like (sighs) i I, I really feel i feel the the tension of that in our lives and i want to celebrate that with you and my my body when i turned 28 started rejecting alcohol like i get really sick now if i drink so like I'm on the other side. I don't do a girl and I'm just like here cheering you on. <laughs> or Thank actually, no, you. we're on the same side. <laughs> no, literally, I I just, you have all these things in your head. Like, I'm not going to have a personality if I'm sober somewhere. But then you realize, wait, like you're more present and yeah. everyone else kind of looks silly. Yeah. And at the end of, like, I haven't even desired to go to any social gatherings. I'm, excuse me, I'm actually making time to like go to the beach and a lot of it's like nature based, but I'm doing all the things that have been on the back burner of mine for like Mm -hmm. five years. Like yesterday I was like, you know what? Maybe I should start writing my second book if I have all this time to be sober and everything. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Fuck yeah. Okay. So on that note though, second book, what else? What are you excited to explore or grow in your work as you go forward? So something that changed my life. Cause I didn't have a lot of people I looked up to, like, for example, like Tila Tequila was someone <laughs> I loved yeah. growing up. Now she's like, apparently she's a Nazi or something. So she's not oh. on my, my idol list anymore, but, okay. um, you know, there wasn't like, you know, public sex workers and stuff. There was, uh, I'm trying to think of some examples. Nothing's blurting out right now. I have a oh, Pamela Anderson on my wall over here. You know, things like that. Those I always looked up to those girls. But when mm-hmm. I was really, you know, 18 to 21 grinding, I'm talking waking up at 7 a.m., working till midnight every single day to chase my fucking dream. Wow. I had to motivate myself. And the way I did that was by having sticky notes everywhere around my house, these mantras like you are amazing. You are successful. Like whatever the fuck it might be, but they were everywhere. So if I passed a mirror, I was feeling good based on what I was reading. Like if I opened a cabinet, there was a sticky note there. So I've kept all these sticky notes in this chest I have. There's probably a thousand of them. And I was like, how cool would it be to create a little like Bible or sticky note thing? Like maybe you can, I don't know, just something like all my mantras, everything that led me to where I am so that girls can just rip them out of the book, tape them on their wall. And it could, it could be life-changing because it was for me. So I have it kind of like halfway crafted up, but all it's going to take is some dedicated time and a good publisher to like create that sort of thing. I would fucking buy that book. I also would buy it as a card deck or just like draw one like out from the shuffle. That's cool. Yeah. All of it. That's a good idea too. Tarot. Slutty stickies. Slutty stickies. Oh, that's a great. That's great. Fuck yes. Excited. Any, anything besides your slutty stickies that you're excited about? I started a real estate company last year, but Holy shit. Congrats. the real thank you, but the real estate <laughs> market is not so hot right now. So <laughs> it's like really ugly. <laughs> 
So I am once, you know, who knows what will happen. It's on the back burner, but I have like all the paperwork's done. It's just a matter of finding the right property. But I would love to create an Airbnb experience for especially content creators, sex workers, because a lot of them are like, you can't do photo shoots here. And I want to be like, you can squirt on the walls here. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Oh my God. I feel that dream so hard. I also wish there was like a WeWork for sex workers. Like, does that exist yet? I know there's some spaces that do content creation, but I'm like, that's the dream I want to. Well, well, we'll get to that question. Yes. Is there anything else that you want to celebrate about sex or your life or discuss or just any other thoughts before I ask you my fantasy wrap up question? Well, I did finally do anal last year for the first <gasps> time on February 22nd, 2022. It was t- Angel Numbers Day, baby. I and remember that day. <laughs> it was oh, it was eye-opening. I had eaten an edible that day, and I guess my heart rate got a little low, and then the mixture of the anxiety of like, oh my god, there's a dick in my asshole. I ended up like passing out probably a oh few moments after we finished. Oh my god! <laughs> so I like I woke, I came back to life, and I was like oh, embarrassed as fuck. But I was like, that was also one of the best feelings I've ever had. I want to do it again, but not on edibles. So I'm celebrating losing my anal virginity and how fun it's been experimenting with that because I have just always thought like my butthole's too tight, it's too small, it hurts too bad. And lo and behold, all I had to do was put a little butt plug in my butt for a few hours before and it was like you get past that two seconds of like, ah, I'm dying. And then after that, it's like, oh, this feels better than sex. Like Mm -hmm. I'll get off birth control. We can just do anal all the time. (laughs) I feel you. I'm such a butt slut, but it really took me years of like trying and and feeling like a failure or feeling like it was too pokey or whatever before I finally really. uh, And I think it's so hot when the guy's like, you know, I'll go slow, like relax. (laughs) Oh, my God. I also, like, I love that at the beginning, and then once we're in and it's deep, that is when I love to be pounded and have the most filthy things said to me. Like, total, just, like, anal whore status. Yeah, if they're not coming in your asshole, what's the point of having anal? (laughs) Yeah, coming and, like, please let it dribble out a little bit. I don't know. Um. (laughs) Okay, so now. That dehydrated her. That de- yeah. <laughs> yes, you do have to be very hydrated and all, all of the things. Now, I would like to ask you a fantasy question. My personal fantasy. So imagine there's a creative space. It's part sex ed museum. It's part erotic art gallery. It has a secret members-only dungeon down below that doubles as a co-working space slash set for erotic performers and models during the weekdays. And the whole place has educational workshops on weeknights and afternoon delight play parties on the weekends. And you have been tasked with designing one of the rooms. It can either represent you, promote your brand, be an experience that you want people to have that reflects your values, and you have an unlimited budget. So tell us, what does the Anna D, the professional goddess room, look like? What's that experience like? You know, they say it's the hardest for an artist when they have a blank canvas. Yeah. And it's way easier when you have some sort of (laughs) construct. Um, But I do have this sitting on my desk. I don't know if your audience can see. I got this thrift shopping. It's like a little Y2K chair. I I don't know. But I was going to say, it looks like a small stuffed chair. It has (laughs) polka dots and stripes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it's giving me Lisa Frank vibes. So I think 
my inner child would die for like Lisa Frank room, like hot pink cheetah print sheets, swirly glitter and fringe and velvet and like fake clouds with LED lights, a little Mm -hmm. bit of pink latex chairs. Ooh, the blow up chairs. The ones, the yes, you know, you turn off the lights and everything's fucking black lit and shit like that. Something in Y2K pop stars playing in the background. And matching butt plugs. (laughs) Available for purchase. (laughs) Yes, with the horny stoner butt plugs, like LED ones going around and lube that's black lit. That would be so cool. Oh my God, I fucking love it. What kind of music? Definitely like Y2K, pop stars, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, little black eyed peas in there, but like suction dicks all over the walls, different colors, different sizes. Uh, that would be amazing. Fuck yeah. I'm like, wait, is, who's making this place? Because I want to go there. I'm working on it. That's my long-term goal. That's like my big life goal. We'll see. We'll see where we end up. We'll see where we end up. Have you been to the sex museum in New York City? Not yet, but I just literally just got back from Miami and went to the World Erotic Art Museum there. And I went to the one in Vegas. My goal for the rest of this year is to hit as many sex museums, at least around the country, maybe around the world as possible. So that's because I'm doing some research. Yeah. Have you been to the New York one? How is it? I did so, so many moons ago, but it was a fantastic educational experience as well. So I don't know if it's changed or if it's still there, but um, that's where I got my first cum rag. And we ended up selling them at the Horny Stoner as well. They're these beautiful little bath towels that say cum rag and gold stitching. I think it was the cutest thing. I am definitely due for a New York trip visit. And I will say so far I've been pretty disappointed because I'm like, I don't get me wrong. I love naked people. I love artifacts. But like, I'm not learning anything about eroticism. Like, I'm like, give me context. Don't just show me a ton of things that I could stick in my vagina and like naked ladies. What what else? Like, what's the c- context? Yeah. So there, I remember seeing like gorillas fucking on a vi- video or something like in the museum. Yeah. And so, okay. again, it, like, you know, animals, they get it. They have sex. But it, yeah, like I think it'd be cool to some. Yeah. more. Something yeah. I want deeper, like next level tangible. context. And I want I want people to feel them. I really want like the Exploratorium from San Francisco meets, you know, any science museum that has the interactive elements. So I really want to go to the museums they have in Amsterdam because it sounds like it's like that. But anyway, to be explored, I'll keep you posted. We um, love a manifester generator. That's me. I'm a manifesting generator. <laughs> Of course you are. Of course you are. Anna D, the professional goddess, thank you so much for being a guest here. You can follow her on TikTok at professional goddess, on Instagram at slutrepreneur, onlyfans.com slash Rebecca Blue with two Ks, Twitter at Rebecca Blue, and visit professionalgoddess.com. All of those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sex Stories today. I had the best fucking time. Thank you for having me. Lovely humans. Thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcasts, especially Spotify, since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. (laughs) I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, Apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. Sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. 
I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at Wiley, or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats. Wiley.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me, and the link is in the description below. Thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love to co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm. Thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection. (laughs) 